Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I've got 10 negotiating tips for the buyer. Talked about the seller, previous episode, and uh, the buyer. It's not do the opposite or whatever that was, uh, do something different. Because as I said, historically in this industry, uh, some people only buy, some people only sell, but the vast majority of people do. They may do more selling than buying or more buying than selling, but uh, a lot of people do both. And so be aware of that. And so it's probably good to have a different posture if you're a buyer that different side of the table without uh, overhead or depending on the business situation of the seller it's not there's not an equality in the uh, standing sometimes of, of the party without further ado i didn't thank my sponsors yet <laughs> i better do that uh, tops vanini and upper deck heritage auctions hugs and scott auctions burbank sports cards mike stadium sports cards comc.com Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Frankly, there is negotiation in our industry, and more than half of the sponsors would should listen to this. I'm sure they're uh, expert in their fields, but there are uh, a number of things that come up that are not that, that are dynamic in this industry that involve some negotiation. Certainly, if you're in a card shop, certainly if you're in the auction business, let it be said that uh, everyone would be better served to understand how to be a, a good negotiator. And as a buyer, you can save some money. So the first suggestion or tip as a buyer in this industry is to be prepared. And I've said this many times in this uh, podcast, I want to help uh, listeners be equipped so that they are not taken advantage of. That's been my mode for more than 40 years now. 40, ugh, boy, gosh, it's 40, 44 years. So a long time to help people uh, not get taken advantage of and being prepared is the first tip, <laughs> but that preparation is not just knowing about what you're looking for or what you're considering buying, but also understanding what the alternatives are. And there's almost always alternatives. And so even if you're not going to be willing to walk away, which I understand sometimes you're, you're really not going to walk away, you're going to buy it. Uh, you've at least got to give that impression that you're willing to walk away or you, you'll have no uh, bargaining leverage. Uh, second tip, just obviously related to that knowledge is power. The more, more knowledge you have, the more power you're going to have. But, but the aspect of that is you can't load up your knowledge instantly. You, you have to walk into it. You have to do your, get that knowledge in advance. You can't just show up and say, I want that card. And, and then so give me a few minutes to go look up the, you can, but that's not the knowledge I'm talking, I'm talking about the historical knowledge of really knowing for, as a good example, what, the, what a particular card was going for pre COVID. Not just what it was going for last month, but historically, how uh, strong is the basis for a particular card you're interested in. Third tip, don't reveal or disclose your emotional investment in the potential deal. The uh, principle that I've developed over the years is that he who cares the least has the advantage in the argument or in the negotiation, has the upper hand. And a lot of that is subliminal and nonverbal. It's based on perception. Somebody that cares a lot is going to be willing to continue to bend. Whereas somebody says, hey, you know what, I, I can take it or leave it. Then the person that cares more is going to keep talking and saying, uh, well, would you take this? If not that, what if I throw in this? And so you're basically negotiating against yourself. Uh, fourth tip, again, based on that emotional stuff or regardless, uh, if you're the buyer, try to be the one to set the venue, the setting, the timing, the platform, whatever you can set to your advantage. For example, if you can't control your emotions and it's going to be so obvious face-to-face -face that you really want this card, then don't do a face-to-face -face type thing. Make it a, a digital transaction or get a friend, an associate, an agent to negotiate for you who can maybe do some good cop, bad cop situation where, you know, when the seller says, what about this? So you just say, he'll never go for that. You're going to have to do better. My friend really wants the card, but he's not going to overpay. Different dialogue like that. Number five is uh, just being willing to be creative. 
I've made uh, a bad deal, not in the hobby, but in another time, I had a person agree. I was the seller and I gave the price. The person said, yes, I'll take the price. And then I think, great. And then I shook on it and he said, oh, by the way, uh, here are the terms of that price. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, wait a minute, I, I'm getting my price, but I'm actually not getting my price immediately. There were some other things, other considerations that were negative. And really when you're creative, uh, sometimes you can use that to your advantage as a buyer and uh, getting some additional consideration or, or throw in or the terms, even that you might be paying the person's price, but paying out over time or uh, some other thing that in effect gives you a discount. Uh, number six was just, and this is, I think an excellent one is to appeal to the potential for future business together. You, 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 in spite of that, you, I, I wanted the other guy to think that he bested me and that he wanted to future deals with me back when I was, back when I was active buying and selling the hobby that when, when I was coming up, they weren't thinking, Oh, Hey, this guy's just trying to get the cheapest deal. They think, well, he wants a good deal, but he's willing to pay fairly. His checks don't bounce. And uh, people like doing business with people that they have a positive experience with. Number seven is uh, don't play dumb. And I mean that in both senses, in the deaf and dumb sense, as well as the stupidity sense. In other words, playing dumb means being stupid. And it also means being too silent because dumb means not talking. Uh, if you're too silent, you're not going to engage the seller. And uh, so establishing some relational uh, dynamic that's uh, that's warm, but not over the top. So I wouldn't be too silent and I definitely wouldn't play dumb. Oh, I have no idea what this is worth, but I just want to pay a fair price. Uh, better to be honest. Number eight, and I've found this to be true in my other life as well, is that try not, try to be the one that doesn't go first. The concept of anchoring in, if somebody says this is a thousand, uh, the seller says I a thousand dollars is my price. Then if you say, would you take 900? Now you've anchored it. You're never going to get it for less than 900. And now you're between 900 and a thousand. Whereas if you, don't go first. If you say, what's your best price? And the seller says, I'm not, I would never go below 900. Now you're at 900 or potentially below instead of 900 or above. That's the, the anchoring. So uh, try not to be the one that goes first. Try to be the responder because you can work down from there. Number nine, don't be a jerk. Don't make an insulting offer. The insulting offers will come back to haunt you. I don't think I've ever made an insulting offer, but that doesn't mean I haven't made a low offer. It doesn't mean I haven't made an offer that was so low that I was pretty sure it wasn't going to be accepted. But it wasn't insulting. And uh, in fact, well, there's one theory of negotiating that I espouse is that the first person to make a reasonable offer loses the negotiation, not loses the deal, because you probably do get the deal. But if you made a reasonable offer, the first one to make a reasonable offer uh, usually left money on the table. In other words, could have done better in the negotiation. On the other hand, in a bull market, you want to buy the card if it's going up in value. And number 10, finally, if all else fails, if all else fails, I start pulling cash out of my pocket and I start counting because in the old days, cash was king. Frankly, I think cash is still king. You can't count $5 bills if it's a $1,000 card. Uh, you can't count. Uh, they better not be 20s either. They've got to be hundreds like Mr. Mint that we did a tribute to. He was famous for having a stack of hundreds. You start pulling out hundreds. And uh, again, that probably doesn't apply for some of these uh, six-figure cards. But for hundreds and thousands, if you've got if you've got cash out of your pocket, you pull it out. It's amazing how people, the, the seller's eyes light up. So just a few tips for uh, negotiating in the hobby. We love the hobby. A lot of fun. A lot of chance for buyers and sellers to make money. And the dance between the buyer and the seller in making the deal is hopefully fun and not toxic or uh, a criminal in any respect. That there's any fraud, but there's the enjoyment of uh, trying to get a good deal. So thanks, everybody. Be back again with another episode.